Hi, everybody. This is uh, Silvio Canto in Dallas, uh, Texas, on Friday, March the 1st. Welcome to the first day of March. My gosh, this year, I don't know about you, but it's going pretty fast uh, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, we're going to talk about an article that I wrote today uh, over at the American Thinker regarding this decision by a judge in Illinois to remove Donald Trump from uh, the ballot. But before we get there, I just want to say something about what's happening in Georgia. As you may know, uh, Fannie Willis and her partner, lover, whatever you want to call him, uh, are currently being looked at by by the judge there. There could be uh, action against them. I, I really don't know what's going to happen. It's a complicated case. It makes for very good television, but it is a very complicated case to, to understand. But one thing is not complicated, and that is that the district attorney should not be romantically involved with an attorney in the office. I think that that is a problem. It creates the wrong appearance, and especially when you're the district attorney and you're going to have to be dealing with cases of corruption, both in the public and in the private sector. District attorneys are very important people in our legal system. And uh, I'm not saying they need to be perfect people, no such thing, but they need to have a little common sense. And I don't think it's a good idea for our justice system to have a district attorney romantically involved with an attorney in the office. So I think on those grounds alone, these two people should be removed from the office. I'm not talking about perjury and going to jail or anything like that. I, I don't know enough to, to go that far. Now, there are some people like Professor Dershowitz, who is not a Republican, who thinks that uh, there should be perjury charges against them. But, you know, I'll leave that to people like the professor and other people a lot smarter than me to talk about that. But I'm only talking specifically here about the appearance, the idea that a district attorney is romantically involved with an attorney in the office. In my opinion, that is simply a huge mistake. And what we need to have, what we need to have is a, a situation where if, the district attorney likes or falls in love with somebody in the office or whatever, one of the two has to be smart enough to say, hey, you know, we cannot do this. So one of us has to resign, one of us has to leave work, whatever. But you shouldn't have these kinds of relationships in the office of the district attorney, in my opinion, especially when one of the two is the district attorney, as in this case. So that alone, in my opinion, should disqualify both of these people, uh, Fannie Willis and the partner, I can't think of his name right now, but it doesn't matter, but uh, the, the partner and the district attorney, Fannie Willis, should be disqualified, I'm not saying from practicing law, but strictly from, from this office, and this case should be given to somebody else. It's going to be very difficult. If she's not removed from this case, it's going to be very difficult for a large chunk of the country to believe that this case is on the up. I mean, it's going to be, or people are just not going to believe uh, this case. So if the people in Georgia are interested in keeping this case going, they're going to have to make some personnel changes, starting with the district attorney and replacing the district attorney with somebody else. I just don't see how you can get around that incredible display of professional irresponsibility on the part of the district attorney being romantically involved, not just falling in love in the abstract, being romantically involved, dating, traveling together, 
spending time at uh, one of their places at three and four o'clock in the morning. That's not something you need or want as part of your of your job as, as district attorney. So that's where I'm coming down on this. I don't know what's going to happen. Something should be decided soon, I guess. But they should be removed at least for the incredibly bad judgment in being involved in a relationship when one is a district attorney and the other one is a attorney working working in that uh, in that office. Well, I've got a post over at the American Thinker, and it has to do with uh, the state of Illinois. There's a judge in that state who has ruled that President Trump should not be on the ballot. I think they're talking about the primary. And I think it's been it's been you know held back for the time being. They've they've pushed it back. But I think overall, what this really tells you is this anti-Trump madness and how crazy the Democrats are getting over this. It's almost as if every Democrat who wants to name make a name for himself or herself goes out there and makes a decision like this. I mean, the lady in Maine who took him off the ballot, you know, the the judges uh, in Colorado, and now this judge in Illinois. And it seems like if you want to make, uh, if you want to become famous as a Democrat, you have to do something against Trump. The problem is this is not hurting Trump. And this is what the Democrats do not understand. None of this is, is hurting Trump. On the contrary, it's helping Trump. You know, if you look at the, at the polling data, you'll notice something that if you go back to the first week of August 2022, Trump was not the, the guy running away with the nomination. In fact, at that time, Trump and DeSantis were pretty much in a dead heat for the nomination. And then, you know, they sent the FBI into Trump's home. And then, you know, these investigations began. And we've had like, it seems like every week, you know, you've got a new investigation of Trump. And what all of this has done is it has actually made Trump politically stronger. Instead of weaker, he's stronger. And then you have these three cases in New York. I mean, the the so-called, this lady who's accusing him of, of rape, you know, 30 years ago, and there's not a single witness remembers anything and so on. I think the Democrats have gone mad. They've gone crazy in their pursuit of Trump. And I think the American people are saying, wait a minute, wait a minute, you're going too fast. You're going too far. Don't destroy the country because you want to destroy Trump. And I think that's why Trump every single day, you know, looks stronger and stronger politically. Now, of course, the other reason that he's looking stronger and stronger politically is because his presidency looks better and better when compared to uh, to the presidency of Joe Biden. I mean, and this in, the situation on the border is the best example. If you happen to see the images of President Trump and President Biden at the border, I mean, it's it's unbelievable the difference between these two men uh, and the energy and and the way they come across uh, these issues. But the Democrats have gone crazy. They've gone crazy with Trump. And I think that's the reason that Trump has made such an amazing comeback. They've made it possible. And one of the great ironies of uh, of politics that I can remember, the more they attack Trump, the stronger Trump gets. And that's just a fact. All you got to do is look at the, look at the polling data. I've got a post uh, coming out Saturday morning about a police shortage. Uh, there was a great article that came out of Pittsburgh the police department in Pittsburgh is severely understaffed, not just understaffed, but severely understaffed. And the city of, Poli- of Pittsburgh has tried to, 
you know, increase their pay and come up with more benefits and more of this and more of that. But it's not working, not working because people just don't want to work in many of these uh, cities. Uh, they don't want to work in the cities because the police, uh, the political class in these cities has made it impossible to be a police officer. If you're a police officer, you're going to be under scrutiny all the time. They're looking for ways to make your job more difficult. Uh, there's a kid with an iPhone filming everything you do, and everything you do then gets shown on television indiscriminately without any regard for due process or anything like that. So a lot of people are just saying, you know what, I don't need this. And they're walking out. They're leaving the police force in many of these cities. Many of them are leaving and taking early retirement. That's happening uh, in New York, and that's happening in many other places. And, you know, the, the local authorities are are trying to get them back by offering more money, but it's not working because this is not about money. This is about respecting the police force and understanding that they have a very difficult job to do. And at the very least, at the very least, they need the support of the political class. By the way, this is not saying that police, uh, the police should be supported unconditionally. Nobody is saying that a police should not be tried or or suspended for wrongful behavior. If you're a police officer and you're out of line and you do something that you shouldn't be doing, of course, we should discipline the person, including taking uh, legal action against that person. But those are one in a million. 99% of the police do a good job. They protect us. They defend us. And the least they could have is the support of the political class in many of these cities, and they don't have that. They don't have that. And that's why these cities cannot find people. That's why recruiting is way down in these uh, urban areas. Now, I don't know if uh, the same problem occurs, let's say, in other cities, and particularly cities that are more Republican. I don't think, for example, here in our area, that there is a police shortage in, let's say, Fort Worth or Denton or other parts of the state that are more Republican. I don't know that. But I do know for a fact that if you live in a blue city, uh, whether it's Pittsburgh, Philadelphia, Baltimore, New York City, Chicago, they're not recruiting a lot of police officers because they simply cannot find people to do their job. And that's the fault of the political class. Nothing else. It's not about money. It's about respect. And these police officers are not getting respect because they fear that anything they do, the, polit the political class is going to stab them in the back for purely political reasons. And that's why they cannot find people to work as police officers. And that's a shame. That's an absolute shame because many of these cities like New York had a reputation for a very good police department and that's being killed by these uh, crazy uh, Democrats who are in the city council and many, and these some of these, uh, also some of these district attorneys, some of these prosecutors who seem to be more interested in protecting criminals than in protecting the citizens who pay taxes and live in those uh, communities. So check out my post. It'll be out uh, Saturday morning. A couple of a couple of things on this day in history. 1904, Glenn Miller, the great musician, was born in Iowa. Of course, he died in that plane accident in uh, World War II. And on this day in 1932, maybe one of the biggest crimes ever, the kidnapping of little Charles Lindbergh, baby Lindbergh. And that became sort of the crime of the century. And it was you know, quite a story. Eventually they found somebody guilty for it, but quite a, quite a story that was when baby Lindbergh was kidnapped 
on this day in 1932. Have a great weekend, everybody. This is uh, Silvio Canto in Dallas, and we'll talk to you later. Bye-bye.